1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for fifteen dollars a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities. So do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at MintMobile.com/slash-switch.
0: New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See MintMobile.com for full terms.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms.
2: Anything on your calendar is something you put there or something you allowed to be there. Mm -hmm. Anything on your to-do list is something you put there or you allowed to be there. You don't have to do 95% of the things you think and say and claim and complain Mm -hmm. that you have to do.
3: Hey girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it, being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest is a number one national best-selling author, personal development expert, and host of the Christy Wright Show. She's been featured on the Today Show, Fox News, and in Entrepreneur and Women's Day magazines. Since 2009, she has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches on personal development, business, and faith. So please help me by welcoming Christy Wright. Hey, Christy. Hey, how are you? I'm doing so good. So I have to tell you, I've read your book and I was literally like, oh my God, totally me, totally me. (laughs) So much, so much so, and I totally hate to admit this, but I'm going to totally be transparent so much so that there was a part, it was like, holy shit. Like I totally just did that. I like totally (laughs) scheduled everything with regards to like, okay, I'm going to read so much of this book and then I'm going to do this and this. And it was like, you know, after kind of looking at, and you gave that example, I believe in your first chapter, but after reading that first chapter, it was like, oh my goodness, I'm totally scheduling myself to do all of these things. And it's not even humanly possible.
2: And you're exhausted, I, Veronica. You're Girl, exhausted.
3: <laughs> girl, I'm like, and, and, and the, the sad part is it's like, as a therapist, I totally teach people not to do this. Like you're going to burn out. This is going to cause anxiety. This is going to cause whatever. And it's like, oh my God, Christy and I are totally best friends because (laughs) she gets me. She gets me. I felt that in the book. So before I, I go on and on about like my own personal experience, can you please introduce yourself? Like how did you become this expert on life balance?
2: Well, it's, it's funny because it's really been an evolution if you look at my journey. So I have, um, I've been a professional speaker and business coach for over a decade. And I've mm-hmm. spent the majority of the last 10 years helping women start businesses, side businesses, small businesses, home-based businesses, and so on. So I, my first book was Business Boutique, and I still have a coaching group, and event, and all that working with business. We still do it. Yeah. But what I noticed is in the last 10 years of working with women and helping in them, in the, them in their business. The number one question I'm asked is not a business question. No. It's how do you balance it all? How do you balance it all? How do you balance it all? I am asked this question everywhere that I go, whether I'm speaking to men or women, parents or those that don't have kids. It does not matter. Everyone's asking the same question, which lets me know this is a major pain point for people. Mm -hmm. And I will say that in my own life, having three kids in five years, I'm in seminary right now. I have a full-time job. I got a lot of things going on as well that I feel that pain, I feel that struggle myself, which has forced me to come up with a solution. And it turns out the solution is not just being more productive. The is yeah. not just waking up earlier and being more efficient in between. And so it really sent me down this path to start asking different questions around this topic of balance to provide a solution for my audience on it, but also a solution for me on it. And yeah. so it's been a really cool journey. And I'll say, um, this book that you're referring to that that is out now it is, it, it actually works. Like if you, if you do, because I'm doing it, like I'm living it out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is not a message of how to do more, how to be more productive. This is a message of freedom that says, mm-hmm. hey, the pressure's off. You are never meant to do all those things. Let's talk about what's right right now. Let's do that and actually enjoy it. And I think that's the better version of balance we're after
3: anyway. Absolutely. As moms, a good amount of us, we want the answers. Like just, okay, Christy, I Show get me it. What you like, I, you've done all of these things. Awesome. And you want me to, you know, go ahead and answer all of these questions, but just give me the answer. Just tell me exactly what to do, how to schedule my day, you know, how to go about my day and how to enjoy my kids and my husband and the dog and the life. Like just right. give me the answer, <laughs> right? One thing that I do appreciate about your book is, and I, I haven't seen that in other books, But it was like, no lie. I was like, is Chrissy like undercover therapist? Because (laughs) here's why you went straight to questions, like asking really deep questions. Like, what is this like for you? You know, and, and how is this impacting you? And, you know, what do you see as a priority in your life? And you gave this example, and I'm totally going to read it real quick. Um, You were talking about, you know, what are the priorities for today? And you had mentioned, um, you know, your coworker had told you a story about a Sunday morning and his goal was to get all his family out for church. Right. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is totally Willie. Like, tell me more. And then, um, you know, his one priority was just getting everybody out of the house and taking them to church on time. So we're not that family that once again is late and saying, excuse me, and causing a whole ruckus. Cause I'm not saying that that's my family, but maybe sure. kind <laughs> of every now and then, allegedly, allegedly, right. You know, just use this as an example. But I'm, like, reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, that's totally Willie's priority is just to get us to church or get us to wherever we're going. Meanwhile, you mentioned his wife was over there sweeping the floors, you know, um, starting the crock pot, throwing in a load of laundry, you know, and then she asked, you know, why don't we take, you know, dry cleaning? And her priority is everything, trying to fit everything in. And it's, like, that totally resonated with me. Yeah. Because – even right now, even before I interview, it was like my daughter walked in and she's like, mom, can you know, the bandaid fell off. Can you do this bandaid? I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, why all I do that? She also has pictures for volleyball. Let me curl your hair and this and this and this. Meanwhile, my husband's like, I just need to get her to volleyball at two o'clock and I'm good to go. Right. That's right. But it's so interesting how their lives are so their lives are so much more stress free than ours. And you totally call us out because we make this active choice to live this way.
2: Yes. And here's what's interesting. If we are not aware Mm -hmm. that we have a complete inability to prioritize, then we're always going to continually set ourselves up to fail because we try to treat everything as if it's created equal, and it's not, and we can't do it all. So we set ourselves up to fail, and we just continue to perpetuate the problem. So the way that I, I, if it was a visual... If you just imagine a horizontal line, mm-hmm. the way that women view their lives is that everything's on that line. Yep. You've got work and church and working out and looking good and clean house and good kids and a good dog. And you've got to get the potluck ready and you've got to get the bills paid. And you've got to reorganize your attic. All these, your even your to-do list looks like this. So many yep. women, their to-do list looks like it's got essential things like pay bills and feed your children and non-essentials like steam clean the couch and reorganize the <laughs> attic, which is ridiculous. Re- ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so then when we don't get to all the things, but because, of course, we never could because the list that we just keep creating is is infinite, then we feel like we're failures. And yeah. so we actually, I think the way that I say it in the book is we become these cruel taskmasters in our own lives. yeah, And we just keep piling on the work. And the truth is, in any given season, in any given week, in any given day, or even moment, there are things that are important. And there are things that are not. And if we cannot learn to discern the difference, we're going to live our lives out of balance, exhausted, and worst of all, guilty, feeling really, really guilty for not getting to all those things. And so I want to help women discern what's right right now. And that's a a really key question to ask yourself. If you're listening right now and you're like, okay, just give me one nugget right now. Here's the question you can ask yourself that summarizes all the, the questions Veronica was talking about in the book. What's right right now? Yeah. What's right right now? That's not what's good right now. What sounds fun? What sounds exciting? What do I want to do? What are my friends doing? What, what would be right in two years? What was right two years ago? No, 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 no. What's right right now? Meaning what is important right now? Because when you ask yourself what's important right now, you're going to get a very different answer than all those other questions. Yeah. And then what's so cool yeah. is when you ask yourself this question and you're able to spend your time on it, then you shake the guilt for all the things that are not right right now. You shake the FOMO for all the things that are not right right now. you got things you want to do. Well, just because they're not right right now doesn't mean they're never right.
1: I want to go to Europe.
2: I want to get a dog. I'll do that someday. Not right now. This is not the season for that right now. And so it just helps you redirect your thoughts to not only what is actually a priority right now, what is important right now, but it helps you be present for it and focus on it so that you can enjoy it more. And that's a really powerful concept. As simple as it sounds... Most women are walking around all day, every day, focusing on what they're not doing, feeling like they're failing and being distracted in a million different directions, completely missing the very moment that they're in. And so I want to help them fix that. That's going to have a huge
3: implication in their life. Absolutely. One thing I also appreciate about your your book and, and your approach is, you know, as I was reading it, you you spoke about, you know, living intentionally, and as I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, she's totally, she, what we call in the clinical world is mindfulness, being in the present moment on purpose. Right. And I loved how, so how, how you, you focused on so many things, so many things go completely unnoticed with regards to like where our joy is placed. We're so caught up in our lives being identified or our worth being identified by the tasks we complete. Meanwhile, we're short with our kids, we're short with our husband, we build all of this resentment, all of this resentment towards our husbands, because why don't you prioritize everything I prioritize? Why is not it not as important to you as it is to me? And then we carry this, this unspoken resentment towards them, which only drives disconnection. And then our kids watch us, and maybe not all of the time, but sometimes sometimes. It's like okay, mom's the crazy one. Yeah. Mom's the crazy (laughs) one, right? Like, mom's the crazy one. Mom's quick to mom's quick to switch. You know, dad takes, you know, dad's really calm, and you know, poor dad, you know, he's just sitting there and he's doing everything mom says, but you know, dang, mom's been yelling this entire time. We do it to ourselves. We we do it to ourselves, and and something that you focus on in here, but also in general, like. Where did, so for you, where would you say we learned this from to go ahead and put all of these things on our plate, to do all of these things, to be this exceptional mom and exceptional wife, which is essentially a complete lie, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that it, it can come, maybe not always, but I think it can come from a normal desire to want those things. Like Mm -hmm. I want a clean house and it doesn't matter how much I want it. It doesn't matter how much I work for it, Veronica. It ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Unless I literally just clean 24 seven and I sent my children away to boarding school. Yeah. I'm never going to have a, like I have three kids under age six and they can mess up faster than I can clean, but that desire doesn't go away. Right. Yeah. And so I, I do think that we have a desire to have these things, but I'll say this um, for all the moms right now that maybe they'd say, well, I desire to have a really perfect birthday party for my child. And I desire, you know, I really do want them to have like, really cute matching Christmas pajamas in front of the Christmas tree. And I really want them to also, you know, have organic, gluten-free, perfect, healthy, vegan <laughs> food for every class, party. whatever, all these things. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to point out that until Instagram, you didn't know those things were even an option in Ooh, the eighties. Yes. Yes. In the eighties, I never had matching pajamas and I had fantastic Christmases. Mm-hmm. So part of it is Instagram and Pinterest are showing us what we should want. And then we do authentically want it. Like, I do want cute pictures of my kids in Christmas pajamas. Sure, I do. But it's just unfortunate because the things that are coming at us from these sources, whether it's from the media, from Hollywood, from Instagram, from Pinterest, they're not bad things. But they're showing us what we should want all the time. And so then what we want far exceeds our ability to produce it. The Mm -hmm. time to create it, the money to provide it. And so we're just left... With this massive gap between what we want and what we what we see we should want and what we actually have, and what fills that gap is this terrible discontentment, this terrible sense of guilt that we're failing because we don't have the monogram smocked matching outfits, this terrible sense of something is missing in our lives and our lives are incomplete, and our li- you know we're not good moms and 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 all these things. And so there's a piece of this, and you know this better than I do, but there is a piece of this that comes down to the power of your thoughts way more than your calendar. Yes. It's not just about the calendar. It's about enjoying the life that the calendar represents. It's about enjoying Christmas instead of trying to post pictures of it. It's about enjoying your children telling you a story instead of being distracted by what you're going to add to your to-do list in two seconds. There's so much of this that while I want to help fix the calendar, and I do, I give you tactical steps to do this. I want to help you address the root cause of your guilt, Your discontentment, your distraction in your own life to help you be present for the things that are happening while they're actually happening. I don't want you to wait until you're 80 to look back at scrapbooks and go, man, that was an awesome season. Why Mm -hmm. didn't I know it at the time? I was so busy worrying about being the perfect PTA mom. I was so busy worrying that I was failing. I miss those moments. And I want to help people enjoy them while they're actually happening before they're gone.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Chrissy, your book couldn't come at a better time. Right now, we're my practice, um, we are getting so many calls, so many calls for couples. Mm. Right now, it is crazy. We are getting so many calls for couples counseling. And, you know, when I'm in session with them, I'm seeing this constant pattern this constant pattern over and over again, women not making themselves a priority, feeling guilty for making themselves priority, thinking, you know, being so attached to that calendar, you know, thinking that that's what's going to save them. That's what's going to, as long as they have everything on that calendar. And I admitted to you earlier, I was guilty of that myself. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as they have everything on that calendar and everything perfectly scheduled, everything will go right. And what I've noticed is there is this, complete imbalance of life and how how much they're participating in it Mm. they're not participating in it yeah right it's like well
2: one of the things i see in women and i don't know if you see this in the women you work with i'm definitely guilty of it and i I think a lot of women can be we may not say it explicitly but we act as though we're victims to our schedules oh yes we're victims to our to-do list and listen you have control. I don't need to give you control. You already have it. You just need to live like it because the truth is anything on your calendar is something you put there or something you allowed to be there. Mm -hmm. Anything on your to-do list is something you put there or you allowed to be there. You don't have to do 95% of the things you think and say and claim and complain Mm -hmm. that you have to do. So yes, we all have to pay taxes. Yes, we all have to change diapers. There are some things we have to do. Outside of that, you have more control than you think. And yep. so, what's interesting is when you live your life as a victim to your calendar, your to do list, whatever, then you are giving yourself an excuse to stay stuck, and nothing is going to change when you're stuck in this victim mentality. And so, part of it, it just comes down to realizing I don't have to do some of these things. Just because a calendar invitation comes across your email does not mean you have to accept. Just because your school is doing 400 events this month doesn't mean you have to attend. You get to choose. What you show up for and what you don't, and so yeah. one of the things that I uh, kind of going back to that question of what's right right now, you can ask yourself what's right right now, and certainly dialogue with your spouse. You you mentioned couples counseling, and I, I encourage that throughout the book to talk yeah. to your spouse about this. This is something that you guys do together. When you walked in the aisle, you decided to share your life and your time with this person. So this is something you guys talk about together. Yeah, but for but for women to understand that when you decide what's right right now, and you say okay what's right right now is cleaning the house. That's going to make me feel the best afterwards. That's what, I, that's what I want to do. That's what's most important right now. Then that's great. Do that. And then afterwards, choose the attitude that you did what was right and be proud of that. Yeah. If what's right is getting a pedicure, do that and be proud of that. But don't continue to do things and then complain about it. Don't continue yeah. to do the same exact thing over and over again and then complain. Because I tell people all the time, you can't complain about that which you permit. you are in control of this, you've just got to start living like it and taking, taking control and and utilizing that, that you already have.
3: Yep. I think another thing to add to that is also we, a good amount of women will say, well, I can't right now. I can't right now because I'm doing all of these things. And, you know, my husband, he's just not ready to change. And when he's ready, I'll do it, you know, and, and when I do start, when I do start to implement change in my life. And he tends to criticize me or it causes this fight. And I just, I just don't want to poke the bear anymore. And I agree with you. It starts with you. It literally starts with you picking up a book like this, reading it, implementing all the steps because Christy, you give so many steps on what to do. You ask a bunch of questions at the end of every single chapter, you give everybody exercises. So you're basically teaching your reader how to hold themselves accountable Like, I'm going to ask you really deep questions. Hold yourself accountable. And so as we go down this path, right, of taking back our life, I call it reclaiming our identity. Mm -hmm. What changes will women start to see? Mm.
2: So one of the core things that I try to help women cultivate is Mm -hmm. confidence. Because if you don't have confidence, you won't speak up to your spouse. If you don't have confidence, you, you won't believe that you value time for yourself and I don't just mean I'm not even talking about self-care like go get a pedicure I mean just like a rhythm of life where you are actually a consideration in in how your life goes for most women they're not it's everybody else first and then they're they're unhappy and they don't know why and Mm -hmm. and so it's not even this is not a message of just like get pedicures I mean like the confidence to know that I am worth um whatever I need So even ask, like if the women listening right now, what if you planned your day and one of the questions you asked yourself at the beginning of the day to decide how you're going to spend your day is what do I need? What do I need today? What do I need for me to be the best me? And, and yes, you could be ridiculous. Be like, I need a margarita and a week long vacation, or you could be realistic. be like, You know what? I need to minimize my to-do list because my energy is really low today. So this is a simple practice I do at the beginning of every day. I check in with myself. So I do a quick journal, maybe like two to three lines. I'm not a big journal, but enough to check in with myself. Yeah. That forces me here. This is key. That forces me to consider myself in how I plan my day for myself. Often we don't. We wake up and we just start running. We don't Mm -hmm. even consider ourselves. No, so I'll check in with myself, and some days I might wake up and I'm like, "Wow, I I got great sleep last night. I've got some good margin in my day. I'm going to knock out a ton of stuff on my to do list, do some house projects, and be able to cook dinner tonight." And that's how I plan my day. Yeah. Other days I wake up and I'm like, "Hmm, I didn't sleep well last night. I've got a lot of stressful things coming up. I I just don't feel like today's a day to pile it on." So I'm gonna actually put nothing on my to do list. There yeah. are days that I will intentionally put nothing on my to do list because when I check in with myself that's not a good day for me to pilot on. this simple practice and yes, there's always things we have to show up for that that we're maybe we're not in the mood to at that moment. but outside of that, we have more control than we're taking and then we're that we're actually using. so even considering yourself before you plan your day for yourself, what a concept can be a really powerful exercise for you to do the right things at the right time. And there are days where you're going to bust it, and be super productive because that's right that day. And other days where the pressure's off, you're going to be present with your kids and let your house be a mess because that's what's right on yep. that day. But yeah. if you don't ever check in with yourself and consider yourself, you'll never know what's right. You'll never have clarity on what is right for you. And you'll just keep running harder thinking that that's going to solve your problem. And it doesn't, you're just tired.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's during those moments that you do not consider yourself. That word is so, so powerful. Considering yourself. So those moments that we don't consider ourselves that all of those negative thought distortions come in. I'm I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Look at, I wasn't even able to check off the five items on my list and I had 20. I could have checked these off had I not went to the bathroom or had I not ate anything. You know what I mean? But we do, we do tend to compromise ourselves and, and do all of these extreme things. And you know, later on wondering why, why we're met with this, this self-sabotage. Yeah. Well, and you, you know this better than anybody, but when, when, especially in the couple dynamic,
2: when women harbor resentment and they sweep it under the rug, mm-hmm. what happens? It yeah. comes out. Listen, your rug is getting too full. And so mm-hmm. if this is a pain point in your marriage, care enough about your marriage, care enough about your future, care enough about yourself and your life to have a conversation with your spouse, I have had conversations with my, with my spouse, because here's the thing, we, we've got all these generalizations about men and women and they're generalizations because they're always true. I mean, like, yeah. like we, we all do this and men always do it. It's so, it's so typical in, in yeah. so many cases. And we've had, I've had conversations with my, with my husband. I'm like, these are the things I need you to do. And I wish that you would just see them and know that you need to do them, but you don't. And so I'm just going to tell you, I yeah. do these 500 things here's the five I need you to do. And it really makes me mad when you don't. And I really don't feel respected when you, I'm very, very direct. It's very kind. I was like, this makes me feel disrespected. Or I, I, you know, if, if you can do this, I, you know, you just clear communication. And so many couples don't, women are Mm -hmm. just aggressively scrubbing the cake, the the dishes. And they're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're not fine. You're mad. And just, in love, communicate what you need, communicate how you're doing and, and and how your spouse, you can come together on some of this stuff, whether it's housework or priorities or whatever, you're not going to make any progress if you don't communicate it. They are not mind readers. And so I just, I think that what, at the end of each chapter of the book, when I give you an exercise, like, you know, figure out what matters, the challenge is talk to your spouse, communicate yes. what matters to you and ask them what matters to them and let this be a conversation starter for how you guys can come together on what matters to each of you and how that's reflected in your calendar. So this is something that gives you an opportunity to lead the conversation. If, if that's something you've never done before, or maybe you just need a little help with. What was the
3: turning point for you? So what was it that you were able to go ahead and set these boundaries, assert yourself by asking for what you, what you want and what you need? Where were you at where you're like, I can't do this anymore?
2: No, I don't know. I don't know. If, um, I don't know if it's a personality thing. I don't know if you're, if people are familiar with the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram eight wing seven. And so I'm very direct. I'm just, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm kind, but I'm just very, very direct. And so, um, to me, conflict is intimacy. And so if Matt and I are like, if Matt and I are, are arguing about something I'm like, Oh wow, we're getting closer. Like this is so special. And he's so miserable. Apparently no other personality style thinks that by the way, I'm the only weirdo that does. Um, but I've always seen it as like, I care enough to lean into this conversation when he actually yeah. retreats. I see that, that he doesn't care about me. I'm like, he doesn't even, he didn't, he didn't even care enough to try. Like, you know, so we all view it differently. He, he views it as keeping the peace, you know, and so on. Um, but I do think that if a a good symptom, you know, we, when we get sick, we have symptoms, a good symptom for me that something's off is I'm just grouchy. Yep. I'm grouchy. I'm short tempered with him. And that usually means I've been harboring some resentment or I'm not getting enough sleep or both those two things. And those are very fixable things. Y'all go to bed earlier and communicate with your spouse about what you need and what's going on in your life. Those two things will relieve so much of the angst that you carry all day, every
3: day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two questions. I often ask, um, my guests for you, Christy, what are you doing right now to live the life you want to live?
2: I'm continually assessing what's right right now. And I talk about this in the book and we've talked about it today, but I think that we think of like, oh, I'm going to decide what's right. And it's going to be right forever. And so what happens is our lives change, our seasons change, our priorities change and, and they should, but we hold our feet to the fire for what was true six months ago or six years ago. And so I just feel like my life feels like it's moving very fast right now. And so I'm almost having to assess what's right more frequently. So whereas normally it was like by season and by week, now it's like halfway through the day. It's like, okay, well, this changed and that changed and that canceled and that got added. So, okay, what's right now? Yeah. So ha- even just in a meeting right before our conversation, it was like, it felt like all these new things got piled on from a work perspective. And I'm going, okay, something has to make the cut. What, what or something has to be cut out. What are we going to cut out? So you're just, I think the constant assessment, it takes energy and it takes intentionality, but it also frees me from getting too bogged down and overwhelmed because I'm not letting it pile up. As things come in, I'm assessing what also needs to go. It's kind of like, you know, like you're purging your closet when you get new clothes. Like I'm constantly um assessing how I'm doing and what's right, and I think that that has helped me stay sane in this crazy season.
3: <laughs> no, absolutely. And the thing is, what you're also doing is not only building up that level of confidence, but your body's trusting that you're going to take care of it. Your body's trusting that you're not going to push it past it, its limits. Beautiful. Beautiful. Last question. What advice would you give to the mom who feels stressed and disconnected? I'm going to
2: share a story from the book and you'll, you'll remember this, but I think it's the most important thing I could say more than how to manage your calendar or how to operate your to-do list or whatever, which all those things are in there. But I shared a story in the book of when I first had my son, son Carter. Oh girl, I cried. I cried. I already know where you're going. I cried. Uh, uh Uh-huh. There was one night, uh, he was about, Six, eight weeks old, and um, I couldn't get him to nurse, and I was exhausted, like all parents are. And I just started sobbing in the glider with him because I couldn't get him to nurse, and I just felt like I was failing. And I was just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. My husband heard on the monitor two voices crying, not just the baby, but also me. And he came and stood in the doorway, and he saw that we were fine, but he could tell I was just completely defeated. And he didn't ask me any questions, and he didn't try to tell me what I should do differently. He just stood in the doorway and said with complete certainty, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. He just kept saying it. And I cried even harder because I wanted so bad for that to be true. Now, what was so powerful about that moment? I don't want people to miss it. That was not a compliment. A compliment is a surface level. You're doing awesome. Yeah. I feel good. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I had this lie in my head that I was not doing a good job. And the only way to cut through the lies with the truth. And he stood right there in the power of his words of the truth cut through the lie. As he said to me over and over and over, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. And that's what I want women to know. I don't care if you've got kids, young kids, old kids, no kids. If you're tired, stressed, overwhelmed. If you feel like you're failing. If you feel like I don't understand your story. Here's what I do know. I know that you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. I know that you're doing better than you think. And I want to help you know that and let that be the foundation that you build from when you try to be more intentional from your calendar, not trying to earn that status. You've already got it. You are enough for your family. You are enough for this life that you lead
3: and you are doing a good job. Yep. Oh, amen to that. I love it. I love it. Christy, where can we find you? Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for
2: having me. This has been so fun. (laughs) It is, um, you can get the book anywhere books are sold and then ChristyWright.com slash balance or anything at ChristyWright. I'm on Instagram at Christy B. Wright, and I just, um, I've just loved this. I've loved this conversation. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thinking of me.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much. You were so transparent. So open ladies, you have to get her book. Take back your time. The guilt-free guide to life balance. I'm going to tell you right now, she gives you actionable steps, easy to use strategies. And I just appreciate how transparent you are in the book. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for having me. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our Girl Game. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends.
4: It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.
5: I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol— we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today.
1: Hey
0: there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out.
5: I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020 and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood influencing alcohol and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or 3 of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I know I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today.